Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This podcast is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is Ben Marcantonio, who is the Chief Operating Officer of the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization. Ben joined NHPCO in October 2020, bringing 30 years of leadership experience in educational, healthcare, and social service settings. Prior to joining the NHPCO senior leadership team, Ben was with a hospice of the Chesapeake where he served as president and chief executive officer and chief operating officer. Prior to relocating to Maryland in 2013, he served as chief administrative officer at San Diego Hospice and the Institute for Palliative Medicine. Ben has an extensive background in working with multidisciplinary clinical and management teams in a variety of educational and clinical settings. He holds a Master's of Science in Counseling from San Diego State University, a Master's of Education in Administrative Leadership from the University of San Diego, and a Bachelor of Sacred Theology and Philosophy from the Gregorian University in Rome, Italy. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So the reason that I thought about this show and I really wanted to have you on today is because today actually marks National Healthcare Decisions Day, um, which exists to inspire, educate, and empower the public and providers about the importance of advanced care planning. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's a day to initiate and encourage patients to express their wishes regarding health care and for providers and facilities to respect those wishes. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this today because it is, um, in the Huntington's community, it truly is a big discussion for end-of-life um, care in, in advanced-stage Huntington's. Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly it would be important to the people that are in, involved with your organization, absolutely. Let's start off with, can you tell us a little bit about National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization? Sure. So uh, National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization, NHPCO, is the first and the largest um, uh, member association for uh, organizations that provide hospice and or palliative care. Uh, We uh, provide a number of uh, resources, educational opportunities, uh, tools for our members to use to advance access and quality of care uh, in provision of those services for people who need hospice and palliative care. We also take a uh, strong lead on and engage uh, others in uh, policy and advocacy for uh, the members who provide hospice and palliative care, again, to improve access, to uh, make sure that the laws and regulations uh, support quality of care and advancing interest uh, for those who need the care that we provide. 
And what does advanced care planning include? That's, you know, really great and important question because advanced care planning can seem complicated, but it really comes down to two very important elements. Um, one is that um, it includes the communication of what an individual wants and doesn't want um, in the time of a healthcare need and especially a healthcare crisis, um, and especially when they when they cannot speak for themselves. That's what it really is primarily for, is to a vehicle for communicating wants and, and desires and those things that maybe one doesn't want um, when they medical needs come up and they can't speak for themselves. And that leads to the second important component, which would be that if um, that, that form is there and a provider, a physician or a nurse uh, is working with you on your health care and you can't speak for yourself, they could read the form but it's also important to have a proxy, someone who can speak for you and who knows your wishes and can help guide those providers at that time when you can't speak for yourself. Those are the two most important elements of an advanced directive. And a lot of times, I mean, when we hear advanced directive, we hear living will, um, you mm-hmm. know, with with it. So um, can you talk a little bit more about the the living will um, and what some key things to know about it is? Sure. So a living will is one vehicle where advanced directive information can be captured and acknowledged as an advanced directive. It sometimes sits as a a part of a trust. um, But the living will is one format um, and vehicle for that communication amongst others. There are others like uh, there are a lot more like digital forms online now. Um, there are uh, you can uh, make those wishes known through what is called a MOLST or a POLST, a medical or medical orders for life-sustaining treatment is again a, a more kind of focused way of of communicating that. But living will is one of those vehicles to uh, establish an advanced directive. Uh, one way to really get kind of a, a good picture of the various types of advanced directives or ways of establishing an advanced directive is through um, our Caring Info uh, website uh, through NHPCO, www.caring.info.org, and it will give you um, information about living wills, information about the kinds of forms acceptable in different states because it does vary from state to state. Uh, so uh, that kind of gives you a sense of the range of uh, ways to approach establishing advanced directives. Let me ask, um, is it important to have all of these forms done, or do you only need one? Really great question. Uh, no, you don't have to do it in every one of those formats. You, uh, it can be as simple. There's a very simple format called um, Five wishes uh, that is, uh, you know, lays out things in a very kind of uh, very clear language. Uh, you can do it through the Molster Pulse form, as I mentioned. You can do it through um, a living will, which is a little more um, substantial, I guess. It, it would also include other kinds of information you want to pass on uh, to family members. Uh, so there's, uh, although there are a number of different ways you can do it, you can choose one of those and only need to do one of those to um, uh, to communicate what you want done for yourself and what you don't want done. 
And do those forms have to be completed by a lawyer? No, they don't uh, need to be. Uh, a living will oftentimes does um, involve legal counsel or guidance, uh, but uh, many of these other formats do not uh, require legal uh, consultation or uh, you know um, engagement. Uh, the uh, sometimes they require witness. That too would depend on the state in which you reside and uh, what what is needed to verify or authorize such a standing document for advanced directive. So that varies state to state. Very interesting. Um, and I guess, I mean, on caring info that you were just talking about, um, mm-hmm. it should give you, I think you guys actually have it set up where it does it state to state, correct? Where you can actually do correct. the form that way. Exactly. So, yeah, if, if anyone wants to access caringinfo.org, uh, that will, and you can select the state, and it will give you the form that is acceptable in that state along with the guidelines. Again, most states, I believe it may be all states now, don't require um, anything other than maybe a witness signature. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, they've made it, we've made it easier and easier for people to complete these advanced directives because it's so important for us to be able to make sure our wishes are known and followed uh, at that time of need. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I recently just um, went through this as a caregiver uh, for my father, and he passed away, you know, in January, and um, I was his legal guardian. So we had been through this process, and um, I had his advanced directives, thankfully, to know how he wanted to proceed but it made me think mm-hmm. about how I need to do it for myself as well. So um, I actually went on to Caring Info and got what I needed for North Carolina and, and did my own. Right. So that was very helpful. The website's really great. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry for your loss. And uh, oh. it does kind of bring into focus, doesn't it, the need for us to, to be prepared and to have that communicated for ourselves and for our loved ones. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and it goes much further than just um, you can put wishes in there more than just, you know, do not resuscitate, which most people know exactly. DNR, that's what they hear. But there's so much more that you can put in. And it's um, amazing to actually go on there and see and um, how, how you can put in your wishes and, and make sure that it gets done. Exactly, and it, it lays it out so that it is understandable, and it kind of guides guides us through that process. And the other thing is a lot of times people think it's just to tell people what you don't want. It also can tell people clearly that I want, you know, many measures taken to help, you know, preserve and save my life, um, and other people might, you know, say they want less or nothing to be done. And it's it's truly based on the individual's values, goals, and and needs and desires at the end of life, or, or even not even at end of life, but when facing a serious illness, uh, um, you know, in, in, in situation. Right. Any type of situation where the the patient or the person is unable to communicate their wishes and they're faced with you know, one of these things, they, they have it to fall back on. Um, and it's exactly. nice to have. Right. And to be able to do that at a time where you can think through that and not be in a, a situation, in a, in a situation that you're having to make immediate decisions when we, we could do that right now today, 
on this healthcare decisions day and say, you know, if this is the situation, this is what I would want, this is what I wouldn't want, and and to communicate that to someone who you trust can really represent that for you and understand that even if they might not agree or want the same things for themselves, but they know you and understand you and your values and your choices and want that for you. Absolutely. And that's actually another part of the advanced directives is choosing and selecting a healthcare agent who is going to basically be your voice and, and make these decisions, um, you know, if you're unable to. Um, and you brought up a good point of even if it's not a decision they would make for themselves. So um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about selecting a healthcare agent? Sure. So um, first and foremost, it's uh, selecting someone who you really know, believe, trust, will uh, respect, understand, and communicate your goals uh, and desires for your care. And it's best to be able to have a conversation with that individual. Many times, most most times perhaps even, it is a spouse, but sometimes the spouse knows that that, that other, their 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 partner, their wife, husband's partner, uh, you know, will be so challenged at that time that maybe they aren't the best person to uh, represent that. And it might be a burden for them versus um, a help. And so maybe it's a, a best friend or a sibling or whoever that is that you really think can, again, take a little time with you to understand what, why you've made the choices uh, and to respect those choices, and again, to even if they would make a different choice for themselves, would really want that for you because you you've made that clear for them. Now, what about if what about a backup person? I mean, can you select a backup person in case that your initial person is unavailable? Yes, you can, and it's and it's advisable to do that because that person. Uh, for whatever reason, may not be available in the moment that that, that that's needed, uh, where that voice is needed. Uh, so to have a backup person is always valuable. Um, it's also helpful to, again, it may not have the the voice attached to it, but to make sure that your advanced directive is in a few different places, that um, it with your primary care physician, uh, some states have a, um, a medical information kind of repository in the state so that if you are admitted to a hospital or in a, in a place, that can be accessed and they could at least see what you want and need. So uh, it kind of takes itself the area of, of proxy but, uh, or a substitute or a backup. Uh, but there are different ways you can make sure that that information is available to healthcare providers. So one is through that healthcare agent, the backup, and then also to have that document in a few different places where in the healthcare environment it can be accessed. And now you can actually get, you know, apps and stuff on your phone where you can copy of it on your phone, um, which is very, very helpful as well in an emergency situation. Exactly, right. So if you have a written advance directive that you've done maybe a few years ago or you did it in a different state and now live in a different state, I had to do that when I came to Maryland, you, you want to update your, um, your advance directive information. And as you said, you know, update it in as many places on an app on your phone um, digitally so that, it's, um, it, you know, so that it's saved somewhere in that format and it makes it that much more accessible. 
So on the website, um, you actually have some really great resources of um, getting copies of the form. You have obviously caring info, but there's also some digital um, resources that you list on the website. Could you say tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, there's other information on there. What you know, like what you can do once you've completed the information. Uh, the things you want to think about in in filling that information out. Uh, Caring.info just has such a wide range of resources, and, and it, like I said, it will really guide you through that and, and give you links to other information uh, that can help you make just really well-informed decisions. Uh, and that's what's, I think, another very important part of this is that you're, you're making those decisions with the best information you can glean. Having a conversation with your um, with your primary care doctor, they you know they now are able to give that focused time in a way um, that previously they sometimes hesitated to do, and they're encouraged to do that now. So there's there's all that information in caringinfo.org, uh, links to additional information to help guide the process and inform the process. Yeah, and I mean, seriously, it's a, an amazing website. Um, you can find also uh, posts about um, online advanced care planning resources such as My Directives, um, Vital Thank Decisions. Um, Apple uh, actually has a place to store your directive um, on your phone or um, iPad. Uh, so there are all mm -hmm. these things. And I actually went on to mydirectives.com uh, and so what I really love mm -hmm. about airing info in my directives is that it was very easy to go through the process and to ask these simple questions to figure out what you want. So it prompted you to be able to put wishes in there instead of, I, you know, I don't want this. So like you said, Correct. it's more than just the I don't want it is including things that you want as well. Um, exactly. So I really, really loved that about um, caring info in my directives. Yes, thank you for bringing that out. Exactly, and that's I just updated mine with my directives um, uh, yesterday. <laughs> um, I really appreciate you coming on here and just kind of giving us a brief overview of advanced care planning. It's certainly a, a hot topic um, in the Huntington's community mm -hmm. as somebody progresses with the disease. Uh, did you have any final thoughts uh, for our community? Uh, just I just to encourage people to go ahead and take action on that today to uh, look into go to caringinfo.org uh, look at your own state resources and uh, take that step to have the conversation with someone about uh, being your healthcare agent take some action today if you haven't already or if you need to update or just revisit and make sure everything's in place, use today to, um, to do that and know that you have that kind of support there to, uh, and resources there to do that. So that, that would be the main thing. And then also just to thank you for this opportunity to, um, to speak with you and to all uh, your listeners. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for coming on. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. And to everyone listening, you guys have a great weekend. And we will see you next week. Take care. Thank you, Lauren. Take care.
thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.helpforhd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications. 